Today on the Relationship Renovation Podcast, we are doing part two of our boundaries series. And in this, we're going to talk all about you and your partner's needs and how to understand your partner's needs, how to be responsive to your partner's needs in order to create that relationship where you both feel satisfied, loving, and connected. Do you want to feel more emotionally and intimately connected with your partner? Then we have the tool that is exactly right for you. We have a program called Relationship Renovation at Home, and it is an amazing way for you and your partner to have a structured way weekly to work together. Because we deserve awesomeness in our relationships. Just go to our website, relationshiprenovation.com. At the top, there's a link to at home program, and it will give you a free lesson. If you want to just check it out and see if it's something that works for you and your partner, we know it will make a significant positive impact on your relationship. Hello all and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And my name is EJ Kerwin. And today we're going to pick up on part two of an episode we did just a few weeks ago that was around boundaries, was around clarifying your boundaries with your partner. And we got about halfway through the exercise and we're going we're gonna to pick it back up today. Right. Again, boundaries, very important. I believe the first piece of it was really understanding where your boundaries are. Do you feel comfortable with boundaries? That was kind of a self-assessment tool. It was like on a scale of zero to five. And now we're going into the second piece of it where we have our couples ask each other these questions to help cultivate, understand current boundaries, and then build healthier boundaries so that they can have the relationship that feels safe for them. Absolutely. And so this is episode 141. And if you just picked up this episode and you didn't listen to the other one, the first half of this episode will be 139. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to hear our first part of it. So Tara's kind of leading us through this. She's going to ask the questions and then we'll both answer them. Right, so the idea is I'm just going to throw out the first question. I'll answer it first and then you can answer it. Does that sound good? Sounds great. I just want to say before we get into this, this is one of the reasons why our couples program is so good because we have these take-home exercises where not only are we doing a ton of processing in sessions, but we're having couples be curious outside of sessions. And we don't really do that anymore when our lives become busy. So that's just, you know, even if you can take a few of these questions and sit home tonight and just relax outside, have a refreshment, a beverage, and just kind of like, hey, let's like ask each other these questions. It can be so powerful. I mean, that's like the, kind of the one of the biggest things that we do in our work with our couples that we certainly, you get a lot out of being in couples therapy and having a therapist help you through those difficult conversations. But a big part of it is we're just trying to create an atmosphere at home that's different where you can connect. Okay. So that being said, let's just jump right into the let's very first it, question. It is how empowered do we feel in our current intimate relationship? I'm going to let you answer that one first. All right. Well, I mean, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast and we've talked, uh, you know, clearly we've talked a lot about it ourselves and I feel much more empowered in that aspect of our relationship now. I feel like a lot of the tension has come out of it because I feel like we really sort of like understand and are empathetic to each other in that aspect. 
And it's also translated, in my experience, to feeling more more intimately connected to you. So I would say like, I feel pretty darn empowered in that right now. I love that. I'm smiling because I feel the same way. And if I would have asked myself this question, even a couple years back, it would have been such a different answer. When I think of the word empowered, I think of I have choices and I'm able to act on my choices in a way that feels good for me. Yeah. And so I feel very empowered in our intimate relationship that no matter what the situation is, that I have a choice and that I can say what my boundary is and that you're very respectful of that. I feel just empowered in that we can just talk about it. Like before it felt like something that was really difficult to approach. And and when we would get into it, it was like just, there was a lot of like confusion and maybe not understanding of each other's perspective. And I just feel like even just the mere like communication, like even this right Mm -hmm. now feels like really good. It feels very safe. And this is really important because so we do these boundary exercises before we enter our intimacy series with couples. And a lot of couples come in feeling very powerless with their intimacy and they haven't talked about it. And we just know that there's this tension there. We've been there and this is how we've worked through it. And it wasn't overnight, that's for sure. Took many clunky conversations, but here we are being very genuine and honest that we can both say we feel truly empowered and emotionally safe in our intimacy. Yeah, I'm smiling too. Okay, so the second question How would we describe our sense of self? Question mark. Are we confident individuals and able to recognize our personal and relationship needs? I feel like that's, yeah. a complex question. Can we break that down a little bit? Let's start with how would we each describe our sense of self? I mean, I would say my sense of self is in a lot of ways as aware as it's ever been. I was just having this conversation with with a client the other day about how sometimes when you have a really developed self-awareness, it can also be a little like daunting because I'm very aware of the work I have to do on an ongoing basis. And it feels very like subtle and it's like I'm fine tuning things and that's, in some ways harder than like broad stroke changes. Yes, and there is that saying, when you walk through life with your eyes open, you get more sand in them. Um, We're we're laughing because that's like, that's- It's great, we get to see like the beach, but our eyes are open and so now the wind is coming and sand gets in there, but hey, we have sight, right? I would say my sense of self is always a work in progress that I wake up trying to be intentional every day. Uh, Still am not, the best I could be, but that's okay because I don't even know what that means. And I would say that I feel very healthy right now. And so I would describe my sense of self as healthy, confident, and still curious. And so that's why I continue my weekly therapy and you know my growth with you every day in our family. Absolutely. The second part of that question Are we confident individuals and able to recognize our personal and relationship needs? Well, now, yes. After we've gone through a lot of ups and downs, I would say we have built confidence that we can stay together. We were talking about this last night as we're kind of developing our a sister company right now around our podcast. And we're like, what is our why? Like, we can't ever lose sight of that. 
And our why was like, we, even though we have gone through really difficult times and we've resented each other and we've had poor communication and we've, right, I'm sure if you've listened to our podcast, I've been in that minivan many times, like I'm out of here. There was something about you and my love for you that would not let me just leave, which I know a lot of people just leave, right? It's like a 50% divorce rate, but there was something inside of me that's like, no, like I love this human. And I just, even if it only felt like an ounce was there, I was like, we can do this. And so that is our why. And that we have built confidence through the massive amounts of insecurity and fear. So it can be done. And we're sitting here today helping hundreds and thousands of couples have hope. The subtle shift that we've done around, you know, the key word in that phrase I heard is aware of our relationship needs is I think maybe for a long time we were very concentrated and I think a lot of couples are on what are my personal needs. And I think maybe we're beginning to get better and better at sort of intermingling those things into one that like my personal needs, but what are our relationship needs? And sort of knowing the difference and then being able to communicate those. Well, that just flows right into the next question, honey. All right, let's do it. (laughs) Because it is, what is each of our individual needs and our relationship needs? Again, you might not know them. You might not have ever thought they're different. So again, an opportunity to be curious. What are my individual needs? What are my relationship needs? My individual needs are quiet time in the morning, to do my wordle for sure. (laughs) I know that sounds minor. And for me to be able to exercise a few times a week because me being in my body feels really good. And also a need to just have a voice and it be okay. Yeah. I mean, I think one of my big individual needs that I'm continuing to work on is sort of like a balance between taking care of myself but not letting that become like really like isolated, you know? So it's interesting. I think my relationship needs and my individual needs are, I'm I'm beginning to find some sense of like cohesion between the two that I've always been like a person who feels like I got to kind of solve it on my own. And I'm beginning to realize like, I don't want to solve it on my own. And I want to feel really connected with you. And I want to go to you with my, the biggest problems I'm having mm-hmm. and the biggest struggles that I'm, I'm facing. And I want to feel connected in it. So a relationship need, how would you identify that? My relationship need is that I can be like really transparent with you and that, and that that will be safe. Yep. And I'm thinking just about our conversation last night in the truck. Yeah, I came like I had two things that normally I might avoid for a long time or strategize forever. And it was like a nice night. We had like, we have have this little Thursday night date night thing. And instead of being like, oh, I don't want to bring that stuff up because it's just going to ruin it. I was like, you know what? I want to like bring this up like right away while we're driving to where we're going. And I trust that Tara is going to be able to handle it. And then when, when she did, I, I felt like there was such like a sense of relief and a sense of like, oh, we're like in this together. Like, and some of these things we were talking about are things that we don't entirely control the outcome of. But my relationship need is that we are connected and supportive of each other in dealing with those things that are a little bit unruly. 
I know I was so proud of myself too. It's like this little part of me is like, I'm adulting. I am adulting. I am <laughs> handling this with grace and emotion regulation and empathy and compassion and all these other things. I was very proud of myself, but I wouldn't have been able to do that had you not come to me and said that. So for me, a relationship need is that I need my partner to express what they need so I know how to support them because I can't into it. Yeah. It's interesting as we go through this questionnaire how it comes out of a boundary exercise, but yet we're talking about needs. And there's that this relationship between if I know where my boundaries are and if I know where my partner's boundaries are, then we can talk about needs, which is where boundaries start crossing over and we start sort of melding it together. Mm -hmm. The boundaries provide the safety that then I can approach my edges. Yeah. Okay, so next question. Okay. It is, do we feel we can identify and express needs in hearable ways with each other? If not, what steps can we take to be more verbal with our needs and become more assertive? I just have to say, I love the way these questions flow. Yeah, who wrote these things? It was me. <laughs> and I think you. I might have helped a little You bit. did. So again, do we feel we can identify and express needs in hearable ways with each other? And if not, what steps can we take to be more verbal with our needs and become more assertive? I feel like we've, we're better than we've ever been as far as approaching those conversations in a way that's hearable. I feel like it's sort of a symbiotic relationship between me coming or you coming to me, but then the other person staying open-hearted when they might have in the past closed off their heart a little bit. Or been reacted. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I would say that we are definitely much better at identifying and expressing needs in hearable ways. Like I was just thinking the other night, I well, had an intense therapy session and I was kind of fragile. And I said to you, hey, EJ, I just got to let you know for like the next 24 hours, I need you to pay a lot of attention to me. I need you to kind of prioritize me right now because I'm feeling just a little sensitive and you totally came through. And so I'm recognizing that I need that in certain times. And I'm, I hope said it to you in a way that was really hearable. Yeah. And because normally, and what happens for a lot of couples is like, what do you mean you need more support? And I'm not supporting you now, but this is what I did today. And you didn't do that. You said, I hear you. And I will 100% make you my number one priority. Yeah. And that took like a lot of like awareness in my own side of like, I felt that instinct to want to defend. And I was just like, that's not useful right now. That is not going to be hearable. And for that next part, like if you do struggle, it says again, if not, what steps can we take to be more verbal with our needs and become more assertive? This is where you can play around with your partner. Like, hey, how can I come to you? What would feel good? We did this with a couple yesterday in our session. Like, how do you want him to express that right now in this moment, he's feeling uncomfortable? And she was able to say, this is what would feel really good because remember, she has a history of trauma. And when he makes certain comments, it reminds her of that, but it's not his intention. So he was able to hear that and be like, absolutely, I can come. She wanted him to put his hand on her back and say, honey, can you support me in this? I have to get this done right now. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's like the key when it comes to needs, right? Is like, how do I express them in hearable ways? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Moving on. This is fun. Happy Friday morning. Happy Friday. 
do we often assume what each other is thinking or feeling? (laughs) If so, what steps can we take to minimize these assumptions? Yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. Yes. We're we're still really bad with that. Yeah. But we're better at saying, hey, I think that might be an assumption. Can you check in with me about that? I think that's a hard game to get out of entirely is because we're just, you know, we're humans, we adapt to the environment around us and we read data and we try to like adjust, right? And so I think for me, like, so yes, I definitely do that. I make assumptions, I read into things. I think what I can do is I can, again, coming back to hearable, I can in hearable ways check in with you about the assumption and see whether it's accurate or not, mm-hmm. and then give you the benefit of the doubt that you're being honest. Yeah, that's all we can do, right? And I'm the same way. I, you know, this is from Brene Brown. I say, my story is, right? That comes from her. If you're, if you're assuming the worst, you say, my story is that right now you're judging me because I just raised my voice at our daughter for getting a C on her math quiz. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And my story is that you're judging me and that I'm a bad parent. Is that true? And most of the time, it's not. It's me and my own insecurities. Sometimes EJ's like, yeah, that is true. So, <laughs> But you're being really honest, right? Well, it's interesting because it, it's almost dependent upon the fact that if the assumption is right, that you admit to their assumption was right. Because some of those assumptions have got to be founded, right? Like we know each other, we've known each other a long time. You know, we know the look in each other's eyes, we know each other's body language. And if every time I say, hey, I'm having this assumption and you're like, no, that's not true. There's a part of me that's like, well, I mean, really? Like there's not aspects that are true. So I, yeah, I do think the steps that all of us as humans can take is just like making sure First of all, it feels safe to say, hey, this is what's happening for me right now. Is this true? That the more we can do that, the more we're putting it out there and being open and honest and checking in and and then hopefully, right, giving your partner the benefit of the doubt that they're like, no, actually, honey, that's not what I was thinking. I was just really hangry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's move on to the next question. 
Do we expect each other to be mind readers and know what we need? If yes, how could these expectations harm our relationship? I am going to say, although I know it's an unrealistic expectation, I definitely still want you to know certain days where I might need you more without me having to tell you. And then I do still get sad, like, gosh, he doesn't he know I just had like my therapy appointment yesterday and I cried for like two hours and you would just think he would know to like give me more affection today. And then I start getting wrapped up in that like, oh no, he's just, and then I don't, I'm like, nope, I've got to let him know what I need. So I definitely get caught up in it still, but I'm definitely doing the restructuring around it. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd mirror that as like, I know that it's unrealistic, but there is, yeah, there's just a part of me who does want you to just know, who wants you to have that high level of attunement of, you know, I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed or whatever, and, and just be there and swoop me up and take care of me and know exactly how to act. But I know that's unrealistic and I know that I need to let you know. Well, and the way it harms relationships is it just starts to grow resentment that your partner's not attuned to you. Yeah. But they don't know. But if you do tell them, then there's a higher likelihood in the future that, because like what you said about you and your therapy appointment that day, the next day, you've told me that now, and now it's in my consciousness. And now I have like, I, I can create systems for myself to remember that. Absolutely. Next question. Do we often find our mood shifting if one of us is in a place of discomfort or suffering? If yes, how could this harm our sense of self and our relationship? Well, for me, that's a definite yes. Like I'm very sensitive to other people's moods, especially if they involve heightened emotion, what I perceive as negative emotion, anger specifically. When I see that you're very frustrated, angry, it affects me very quickly. But through my own work, and you know, I think this is something you have to encourage couples to do is you have to notice like, what are the mood states of my partner that sort of destabilize me or, or bring out aspects of me that are not my best self. And so now I know when I see that mood state you're in that I know I'm uncomfortable with, I have again a system of self-inquiry and self-awareness that allows me to be like, okay, like I don't, I can't retreat from her. I need to go towards her. So I'm sensitive to it, but I'm much more aware of it now. And if you didn't have that system, how could that be harmful for, for our relationship and also for your own sense of self? Well, then I'm not there to support you because oftentimes the mood states of our partner that we're reactive to are the exact times that they need a lot of support. So if, if I'm not aware of that and I just respond instinctively, then I'm not as going to be as supportive of a partner as you deserve. And how could it harm you individually? It harms me individually because it detaches me. Like I go, yeah, this is where I want to bring boundaries into it. Since yeah, it's, because because then I detach. You know, I'm less connected. I end up feeling lonely. I end up feeling unsupported in some ways because because I just sort of go away. Yeah, you don't get to be you. Yeah. All right. How about you, my love? I would say that. Yeah, there's times where I'm like a super excitable person and just 
high energy. And maybe if I'm sensing that you're not in that place with me, because that's not who you've ever been ever, but I still can't wrap my brain around that. I get really sad. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I just need to be with somebody that's got like more playful energy and who's got more spontaneity and who's just blah, 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 blah. Like I get into my head about it. And that harms me because A, I'm like basically saying I can't be in this joyful state on my own. I need someone to be in there with me, which is a little codependent. I can handle it on my own. It's also saying I can't handle or accept who you are. Like maybe you don't have that excitable energy the way I do, but that's okay. And so what I do now is I kind of just recognize that EJ is pretty chill. He's like the dude (laughs) from the big Lombowski and that that's okay that there are times where I'll want you to be more excited about stuff and I'll ask you. And you do. You you know I love holidays and get excited about my little decorations and stuff. And I see you putting more effort and energy into it. So I see that and I notice that. And it makes me feel really good because I know that that's not you at a normal baseline. So I can see that you're trying. But if that wasn't happening, again, it would be very destructive for our relationship and for myself because it's just a story that you're with a person that you're not supposed to be with, which actually is so not true. Well, and and it also doesn't, because I actually want to access those parts of myself. And if you don't sort of judge and shrink away from me when I'm not meeting your expectation, then if you take the opposite and you just let me know and we do it in a kind, hearable way, then maybe I get better at getting into that state and having more fun and being a little more loose. Exactly. Cause we're in it together and like we kind of meld in that way in a really beautiful, healthy way. All right. Do we feel we are responsible for each other's happiness? If yes, how could this harm our sense of self and our relationship? That's a difficult one because you you know, in first read, you definitely are like, Oh, well that's all about codependence, right? Like, I don't believe that I'm exclusively responsible for your happiness, but I do recognize that I play a role in it. I would agree with that 100%. Like, I want to accept you for who you are. I want to love you for who you are, all your imperfections, all of your perfections. That creates joy, that creates that unconditional acceptance that I still work on every day with you and myself. But I also know that it's you know, I can't be the one to make you happy. You have to be able to find your own joy in your body and how to express that and be with that too. So I feel like I am responsible for your happiness to a point, but not completely. Yeah. So kind of just what you said, because if I'm responsible for your happiness completely, then that harms me because A, that's a lot of responsibility. Then I'm also over-functioning, right? That's a huge thing with poor boundaries. People over-function in roles that they're not supposed to. So the other person doesn't even get to learn what they might need to do because the other person's kind of doing it for them, holding everything together. And it's exhausting at a point. Yeah. I think it's like about you are not responsible for like your partner's internal happiness, but you in healthy ways can create an atmosphere around them where there's a higher likelihood that they'll be able to be in whatever difficult emotion they're in and then move through it and find more contentment. Absolutely. Okay, so we have two more questions. Thank you listeners for hanging on if you're hanging on in there. And the next question is, do we blame each other instead of taking personal responsibility 
when we feel emotional discomfort and negative feelings about ourselves or the relationship? Oh, I mean, definitely. Sure. I mean, I, I would be like, yeah, I wouldn't be genuine not to admit that that is certainly still an instinct that if there's difficulty, if like I'm in one positive mood state and then, you know, you're struggling with something or the kids are being intense or some family member or whatever, that it's easy to get into that victim role. I think both of us do that. Well, let me speak for myself. Yeah. But yes, it's true. I'll always like, and I, I think this is key right here. Like if the kids are just like being overwhelming, I'm automatically like your kids not ours. How dare you? This is a total like reminder that these are your children, not mine. (laughs) I do. I think we're getting better. Like I'm recognizing when I'm starting to blame you for something that that's a lot about my own negative core beliefs that I'm invisible or I'm not enough. And I'm able to come to you when I am triggered more often now to say, Hey, I've got to let you know, this is what is happening for me. And I repair it quickly, right? That's a whole thing with Gottman's and Dr. Stan Tatkin is you repair it quickly. Even if you did mess it up or you did blame or you did criticize and you did hurt your partner's feelings, that's going to happen, but you repair it quickly and you come back. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a natural thing that when we feel internal discomfort, we look to the outside first to find a reason. Oh, it's too hot, it's too stressful. Tara's being this, the kids are being that. It's just an instinctive response to try to control our external environment in order to create internal peace. But what we preach and what we practice is that I have to first look at like, how am I responding to whatever's happening outside? How am I responding to Tara? That's the thing I actually have control of. Mm. And I can, if I'm aware of that, then I can communicate with you in a kind, loving way about whatever's going on. Absolutely. And so this last question, I feel like it kind of ties it all up sort of, because again, a lot of couples that come in for therapy, they don't feel prioritized anymore. They don't feel special. They don't feel appreciated. And the last question is, if we are not feeling appreciated, prioritized, or special in the relationship, can we let each other know gently and make requests to repair this? It's a question like, can we do this? Like, are you willing to hear me? Am I willing to hear you? Because that's a big one. People get very defensive to this. What do you mean I don't make you feel important? What do you mean? But I did this and I I pay for our home and I work all, I mean, there's just so yeah. many responses we've heard to this because it literally feels like a direct threat to the ego that like there's something wrong with the other person that the other person doesn't feel special. Yeah. I mean, I know we can, you know, we have the ability to go through a difficult moment and communicate in loving and kind ways about it. It's happened through a lot of work. It has. This reminds me exactly though of our conversation with Dr. Jessica Higgins in last episode, 139, I believe, where she talked about turning criticism into connected communication. 
So, I mean, definitely, if this is something where you and your partner right now are answering this question or you're thinking internally, like, no, like whenever I try to give feedback or I try to tell my partner a need I have and it just turns into, into conflict because they feel criticized, go back and listen to our last episode because it's all about how to have that. And that's the thing is like, I feel like now we are much better at that, mm-hmm. but it's taken a heck of a lot of work. It's definitely taken a lot of work. It has, but it's again, kind, gentle requests like EJ, it would mean a lot to me today if you kind of gave me extra special attention, like it was my birthday or something. (laughs) (laughs) And that feels hearable, right? Yeah. And I'm sure you still go through like, well, does that mean like, I don't, I don't know. I can't assume that's an assumption. That's my story. (laughs) But you know, and like, what is a way for you? Cause it feels like men have a harder time asking for what they need directly. So like, what is a way that you can ask me around if you want to feel more special, prioritized, or appreciated? How do you let me know gently? How do you make that request? I mean, the first thing always is I just have to recognize it. Like sometimes there's agitation that I don't understand internally. I'm like, and I have to reflect back and be like, what is actually going on? And it might be like, you know, the kids in general and definitely in our relationship, they become the priority. And sometimes I don't feel like the priority at all. And I have to like recognize it maybe and tell you like, hey, today's a day or this weekend, can you make sure that like you just sort of make like expressing some affection towards me a priority, you know, but I have to recognize it first. I have to understand what's going on. And then I have to make a clear, kind request of you. And can I just say, I would love that. I want to hear those requests because then I know, and then it'll be in my little intentional effort. Like, oh, EJ made this request because I want to. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So I hope today just, again, it was around boundaries and all of these questions kind of help you understand where your boundaries are in terms of sense of self, needs identification for yourself and relationship, in terms of just where you feel at in the relationship with your partner and how you guys go about expressing those needs and wants. Yeah. Again, I really encourage you, if you're just listening to this episode, go back to two episodes prior because this half of it really was a lot about expressing needs and more sort of like the intermingling of my boundaries, your boundaries, and then sort of how we navigate supporting one another. And the first part of it was all about like really clarifying how good am I about understanding where my boundaries are, where are my boundaries, can I communicate them with my partner? And it's really like the foundation to this deeper work that we talked about today, which is all about sort of like integrating it together. But it was really nice to go through this with you, Tara. Absolutely. And again, if you have any questions or comments, we always love to hear that feedback. And thank you for listening. Yeah, absolutely. And please, it really is meaningful when you give us a rating, give us a review, share with a friend or a family member our podcast. Our community is just like growing and growing. And we know when our relationship is solid, when we feel secure, when we feel loving, everything else is more manageable. When it's more difficult, everything else is more complicated. So we want to support you in just having like a wonderful foundation of your life in your relationship. And we all deserve more manageable. 
because we manage a lot. Absolutely. Okay, so take care of yourself. Take care of each other. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Me and you just singing on the train. Me and you listening to the rain. Me and you, we are the same. Me and you have all the fame we need. Indeed, you and me are we. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.